Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says this. I'll give you the title in a second, although some of you already know it. Examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. How many have been to the doctor in the last year and got an examination? Let me see your hands. How many have been to the dentist? Gone, check your dentist out. Maybe you got an MRI. Maybe you got a, a blood test, whatever. How many know that those things aren't fun? No one really gets excited about going to uh, the dentist or, or the doctor or any of those things. But God gives us an, a, a word here and he says that we are to examine ourselves as to whether we're in the faith. To test ourselves. And he says, do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? How many are thankful tonight that Jesus Christ is in us? Amen. That, we, that should get us excited right there in itself. That the King of kings and the Lord of lords abides in us. Amen. He is with us. And, and the Bible says if He's with us, who can be against us? That's, that's, that's stuff we've got we've to get on the promises of God tonight. Amen. And believe them. And so He says, unless indeed you are disqualified. And, and so we have to test ourselves and we have to get to a place. A place of discipleship is where we're checking ourselves. We're, we're uh, maintaining ourselves. You know, this goes to cars. This goes to um, our bodies. This goes to so many things in life that we have to maintain. How many know everything we use in life has to be maintenance? And you've got to change your oil on your cars. You've got to rotate your tires. You've got all these. There's a, and a lot of things we, we have to do in life no one ever even taught us. Right? And we just, you know, I've told the story before. I found out uh, the hard way about changing your oil in your car. When I was 14 years old, I had an opportunity to buy. Uh, now, how many, first let me say this. How many like old Volkswagen bugs? Just a, just a couple. I didn't think I'd get a whole lot of answers. The other day we drove by a fairly new one. I they may still be making them, but they, a fairly new one, the Beetle. And, and, and it drove by and I told Carla, that car has my heart. That old Beetle, bug, Volkswagen Bug. Because my first vehicle was a Volkswagen Bug. And it was a 1964. You too? And, and my grandpa had it and he was sitting in his, in his backyard all wrecked and jacked up and messed up. But to me, it was awesome. It was a car. So I started looking at that at 14. Started uh, figuring out how to get the money at 15. And then I got the money for that car and bought that car for $300. And I got that thing and took it to the body shop and, and unfortunately I chose somebody who was really good but really slow. You talk about slow now. Back then, 27 years ago, 8, 28 years ago, he was molasses slow. He, I thought I was never going to get the car back. Finally got it done. I got that thing out and it was a beautiful gray. Light gray, shiny. I put a I put a, 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 a moonroof in it, sunroof in it myself. I made the hole, made the, and it didn't leak or nothing. I put uh, these power, these awesome seats in it. I put the tires, you know, they'd go down to the ground. Ever seen those? That was the stupidest thing ever. Like you could hit a, a stinking uh, cigarette butt and it'd bust your car up. It was so low. But I thought I was the coolest thing. And they're actually pretty roomy, those Volkswagen Bugs. They have a lot of room. I'm rolling that thing. I finally got that thing turned 16 and drove it to church, and I was excited, and I loved it. But that love affair didn't last very long because I only had it for about a month. Because about a month after, I was driving from church somewhere on the freeway, and all of a sudden, that thing said, and blew up. 
And I don't know if my dad told me or not. I don't want to put him on blast tonight. But he definitely didn't know, you know, to teach me to, to, to get into a car and fix it. He was busy working. But I had never changed the oil. I had never even put oil in it. And it was a 1964. Say if that tells you anything. So that thing died on the side of the road because I did not maintain it. Amen? How many know that if we don't maintain our Christian walk, we're going to die on the side of the road? We're going to blow up. We're going to run out of oil. We're going to run out of water. We're going to have all kinds of problems. And it's not going to be the car's fault. It's not going to be God's fault. It's going to be our fault because we're not examining ourselves to see how we are in our walk with God and how we are in the faith. Now, I haven't even got into the message yet. A year ago, this man named Doug, stay with me, this is a very important story, went to see his dentist. And he said, Doug, you have great teeth. They're solid. The gums are good. Everything looks great. He said, thanks, dentist, and he left. A year later, he came back for his checkup, and he, and he said, oh, Doug, you've got two big cavities between your, right between your teeth. And long pause, and he asked the question, Doug, anybody know where I'm going? Doug, have you been flossing? Doug, have you been flossing? Right? And so Doug said, no, no, I haven't. I, I know I'm, listen to this, I know I'm supposed to do it every day, but I don't. What does flossing do? Flossing helps to keep the food particles out of our teeth. And if we don't, then our teeth start decaying. So tonight I want to talk for just a few minutes about dental floss sin. Okay? Dental floss sin. Now, how many know that I've been on you lately and trying to really, really stay uh, uh, encouraging you, not, not condemning you, but encouraging you to read your Bibles, to pray? To spend time in the presence of the Lord, to put your phones down, to spend time with God, to, 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 to get in the Word, to learn, to, to figure these things out. And so I thought, you know, when the doctor says, the dentist says, have you been flossing? Stay with me here. Have you been flossing? How many know we can lie to the dentist? Right? And a lot of times we probably do. Or we say a white lie. Well, I have, I have flossed. And he says, well, no, I need to ask if you flossed, ever flossed. Have you been flossing? Right? And so we can, we, we can lie to the dentist, but here's the problem. When he gets in to look at our teeth, it doesn't matter what we told him. He's going to know if we've been flossing or not by looking at our gums. He's going to know if we've been flossing or not by looking at our cavities. If we've been flossing, we won't have cavities. If we've been flossing, our, our gums are going to look good like they did the first time he went in. And so I thought to myself, it's a lot like when I ask, have you been reading your Bible? Have you been praying? You can tell me all day long that, yes, I've been praying, Pastor. I've been reading my Bible. I'm not doing that for you. Uh, I'm not doing that for me, I should say, to, to, to get to, to say, oh, we got, you know, 90% of our church is reading. The, no, I'm doing that so you don't decay. You can tell me all day, yes, I am. But how many know when God comes down and begins to look at our life, he'll be able to tell if we've been reading the Bible or not. He'll be able to tell if we've been praying or not. Because our life will be healthy. So I, I thought about this. A lot of people lie to their dentists. And so I want to talk about floss tonight. And I got a bunch of different flosses here. We need to start our kids young on flossing. 
Now, I'm not going to ask tonight how many of you floss regularly, okay? I'm not going to put anybody on blast. But I do hope that after tonight's service, we do floss more. Amen. Now, I'm not getting sponsored by anybody for this or anything, okay? But here's one for the kids. So if you want to get your kids, you got the kids, infants by placards. Get them wild about flossing, it says. And they look like little animals. And we've got to teach our kids, watch the parallel with this, we've got to teach our kids to floss, just like we've got to teach our kids to read the Bible and teach them to go to church and all that from a very young age, right? Because those are habits that they have to learn. Now, watch this. Here's another one. Bet you didn't know there were so many different kinds. Plackers, smile like everyone's watching. This one's the high-performance floss. World's strongest floss, which I highly doubt because it was a dollar at Dollar Tree. But that's what they said. Amen. Speaking of that, today, just for fun, I bought this there. And I know Reach is a pretty good brand, but it says instant whitening pen. This is what a lot of, a lot of us would like to have instant white teeth, right? So I went to the bathroom and put some on my teeth, and I went and asked Carla, does my teeth look whiter? And she said, nope. And I said, man, that's what I get for the dollar. But how many know that a lot of times in, in our Christian walk, we want to we have it all together just overnight. We want instant, instant discipleship. We want instant power. We want instant good family, instant finances, instant everything. And, and God can do something in an instant, but he's expecting us to do our part. Amen? Here's another one. Aim. Uh, new and improved. Precision. Shed, shred resistant. Angle picked. Comfort grip. Improved pick and strong thread. There's another one. Let's see what else we got here. This is a nice pretty one, purple. Plackers, gentle slide. Soft tape to ace the tight spaces in your teeth. Okay, so you got one for those tight spaces. And that's got the mint blast. That would always be good. I like to get floss with some taste in it. Close up. Precision. It says it fits between the teeth. Comfort grip, improved pick, stronger thread. And then there's another one here. Twin line, plackers, cleans twice as nice. Amen? You get double your money here. You get two, twice as much for one dollar. And then here's another one that says, and I'm going to lose my notes here. It says uh, high, oh, high performance back teeth. So this one's got a little curve on it. So if you need to get back to the back of your teeth. So I got, we got it covered. It's almost like the Bible. You got the New Living Translation, the New King James, the, the Amplified. You got all these different, any way you can do it to, to get it in your teeth. But I personally, although these are all good and great, and especially when you're on the go and you need them in your purse, I personally like the good old-fashioned string one. The one you pull out and, and just grab and wrap around your fingers. And I wish I had my cordless mic, but I'm still afraid to use it. Wrap it around. Now, I want you to stay with me here. I'm not going to totally floss my teeth in front of you. And a matter of fact, I'm not going to floss at all because I do have a good habit of washing my hands really good before I do that. By the way, um, when you go to floss, it's good to wash your hands because you're going to stick your hands in your mouth. Just throwing that in there for free. And then you might want to wash your hands after you floss because you stuck your hand in your mouth. But see, there's the position with the floss. You can get way back to the back teeth and get everything back there and floss real good. And how many know, as I move on here, that when you're flossing, your teeth will tell you, your gums will tell you if you've been flossing. Does anybody know what happens when you floss, but you haven't flossed for a while? 
you bleed. Right? So, so our body tells us, maybe kind of like when we pray every once in a while. We get down on our knees to pray, and God's like, hey, haven't seen you for a while. Amen? Or we open up the Bible, and the Bible goes, whoa, what are you doing here? Come on, am I talking to anybody real here? And so your teeth will tell you, but if you've been flossing, and you go floss, and you go to spit in the sink to get that out your mouth, guess what? It's white. And that's a good sign, which means you've been flossing. You've been spending time on your teeth. The thing I want to relate to tonight is this is the area. Stay with me. It's Wednesday night. I chose this on Wednesday night on purpose because this is supposed to be the church, right? This is the church. This is the disciples. We're, we're here because we're crazy about Jesus on a Wednesday night. Amen? A lot of people lie to their dentist about flossing. And how many know we can lie to God about our spiritual flossing? We can, we can kind of, or we can lie to each other and, and, and everything. And, I, and I'm doing this because I want us to really understand that the hidden things is where we get the fruit. Okay? So just like with this flossing, let me give you some stats, by the way. This might blow some of you away. If I gave, a, if I gave you a guess, you'd be surprised. 30% of people in the population of those who were um, um, asked floss daily. 30%. That means 3 out of 10 floss every single day, daily. 37% floss, but they don't floss daily. So they floss every once in a while. And that might probably be a lot of people. You know, you forget one night or whatever. But listen to this. There's 32% of the population that took this test that never floss. Let me just tell you something. That's nasty. <laughs> Amen. That's gross. Now, I'm not, I'm not here to condemn you tonight if you haven't been taught that hygiene or everything. So you're getting two for one tonight. You're getting a biblical message and a physical message. But if you don't floss, that's nasty. I mean, it's like you eating some food and, and leaving the food out for a few days out, in the, out on the counter and go back and eat it later because that food's staying in your teeth. My wife told me, don't get too gross. That's not too bad, right? She's like, I don't know. So... I started thinking about this, and here we go. I started thinking about how flossing is kind of like how we need to read the Bible on a daily basis and, and how we can say, you know what, I don't have time for that. You know, you get at the end of the day, and, you go br and hopefully you brush your teeth, and you go brush your teeth, and you get ready to go to bed, and, and you think, man, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to floss, and you don't floss. And a lot of times we do that with the Word of God. We go through our day, and we, we get to the end, and we, we, we told ourselves in the morning when we got busy. Come on now. When we, when we woke, when we, the night before, we said, tomorrow I'm getting up early, and I'm going to get in the Word, and I'm going to pray. And then you hit the snooze button seven times, and then you were late for work, and so it didn't work out. And so you said, man, I missed it this morning, so tonight when I get home, I am going to spend some time in prayer. I'm going to read the Bible. And then we can, how many know when we go and do that daily, and then another day, and then another day, all of a sudden we can go a week or whatever, and we haven't read the word. We haven't prayed. Well, it's the same thing that happens with flossing. If we do that, get, we're going to have some problems with our teeth. Okay, so the dental floss sin. Now look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Got a few, few verses here for us to look at. And this is kind of like the, the idea I'm trying to get you to, to read the Bible more, to pray more. So it says, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Now I want to stop here for a second because I just said a second ago, 
look, bottom line is you might have been raised in a house where your parents didn't make it an emphasis to, to, to floss your teeth. I believe every parent says, hey, go brush your teeth. But dent, dentists will tell you that if you had to choose between brushing your teeth or flossing, flossing would be more important. If you had to choose. Obviously, you don't choose, and you should do both. But getting that stuff out from between your teeth is where all that bacteria is. How many are with me tonight? So what I'm trying to show you is, and we're going to get into it in a second, when we read the Bible daily, and when we spend time in prayer, God begins to reveal to us the areas in our life, stay over here, the areas in our life where we've got some stuff stuck in between our teeth that we need to get out. Some stuff that's going to build up bacteria. Some stuff that's going to contaminate. Some stuff that's going to eventually hurt us if we don't deal with it. And it might not be dealing... And I, listen, it's, I'm not even talking tonight, and I'll show you in a second, about big sins. Because I feel like the, now that we're disciples and the longer we've been saved, now we're getting to a place where we're not doing the big sins anymore. I'm going to get what I'm saying. You came into this place like many, and you were an alcoholic. And God set you free from drinking. You don't drink alcohol anymore. And so that's not a problem anymore. Not saying you don't get tempted, not saying, but you don't drink alcohol anymore. And so now the alcohol is not your problem. Now it's an anger problem. Now it's an unforgiveness problem. Now it's a, maybe a gossip problem. Maybe it's a, a pride problem. Or you came into this place and God set you free from drugs. But now th that drug thing's not a problem anymore. Now it's other things. So it's, and, and, and what I'm trying to show you is when we eat food, that's a normal part of our life. Eating is no, a normal part of our life. And so getting food stuck in your teeth is a normal part of your life. There's nothing bad about that. And what I want to show you is in our daily walks with God, we, we can be trying our very best to do the very best walk for God that we can, and we can get to a place where we find out, because we're reading the Bible, I've got some stuff hidden back there, and I need to get it out. How many have ever eaten some meat, and you got that piece of meat stuck back there? You don't have a toothpick, you don't have anything to get it out with, and it drives you nuts. I mean, you got to, I mean, you'd almost stop somewhere and go get a toothpick, because it's, you're trying with your tongue to get it out. But what I'm trying to show you is there's areas in our life tonight that are not maybe those big sin issues anymore. But if we want to have a healthy walk with God, we've got to floss. We've got areas that are hidden, those areas that may be secret, and deal with them. So he says, maybe we weren't taught. Maybe you're in this place and you're like, no one ever told me I needed to read the Bible. No one ever told me I needed to pray. You might be in this, I believe there's people in this church tonight that you, you maybe rededicated your life to the Lord, or, or you... you Maybe you were saved as a child, and then you went out into the world, and now that you're older, you're back in church, and, and you've got a, a, an, an idea of what serving God is. But, but you came into this church, and, and you, you never were told, read your Bible. It's like maybe your parents never told you floss. They never told you, you know, you need to have a personal relationship because how many know a lot of the churches today are built on the, 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 the infrastructure of that building and that place and everything, and it's, and it's, it's about... Everything that's coming in, in general, but it's, it's usually not personal. How I many know our relationship with God is personal? It's personal. I can't floss your teeth for you. You cannot floss your teeth, my teeth. You, that is a personal thing. You're not even going to be in my bathroom with me. Amen. And so it's a personal thing. And so a lot of us, we, as he says, you, you, you must continue in the things you've learned. Maybe a lot of us in here tonight, this is the beginning of your learning. This is where you start learning. 
This is where you start realizing, I need to floss. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? That, that almost sounds like, duh. But how many know that that thing I just read said thir- only 30% of people floss daily? If I was to do a poll and we had to be honest and God was the one watching, what would the poll look like of how many of us daily read our Bible? I'm not talking about, you know, it doesn't count the verse that I send you in the text. That doesn't count. We're like, man, I read the Bible every day. Pastor sends me the verse every single day. I got this. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about another verse besides that one. I'm helping you at least get that one in. It's like getting the vitamin, right, and getting the greens in somehow. So he goes on to say, knowing from whom you have learned them. Now watch this next couple of verses. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. This is our dental floss which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And all scriptures is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, that the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's dental floss. When you, I want you to look at that tonight. I want you to never look at dental floss the same. I want you to realize that, that when we do that, it's not the funnest thing in the world. It's, it's, it's a chore. It's a, but if you don't do it, you're going to have nasty, messed up gums. You're going to have gum disease. You're going to have all kinds of problems. And, and, and matter of fact, let me give you a health fact. The rest of your body, when you floss, the rest of your body is healthier. Do you realize how much disease comes from our gums? Is anybody here still? We eat stuff. We get, and, and, and even more nowadays, the day we lived in with so much processed stuff and all that, we get this stuff in our mouths, and it's something we're not, we're going to do it. We're going to eat. We're going to eat. We eat. So we have to eat every day. But it says, when you have good oral health, you are reducing, listen to this, the, rid, the risk of stroke, diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, respiratory disease, and heart disease. So I, I guarantee you some people in here do, do not know that all those are linked to the health of your gums. And so when I floss, it may, be, it may seem, watch this, it may seem like, ah, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Just like sometimes, why is it that, oh, I didn't read the Bible today, no big deal. But let me know if that starts to add up. So does that plaque. And so does that gingivitis. And so does that bad breath. And so does that disease. And so do the, all those things begin to add up. And so it's, it's a discipline thing where I'm realizing, you know what? Just like I've got a dental floss, I've got to read the Word of God. I've got to do this because it's healthy for me. Now let's look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. And we're going to look at this in the New Living Translation. So here's, here's our dental floss in. What are we doing when we floss? Now, as you're flossing your teeth at night and in the morning or whenever you do it, twice a day is even better. When you floss and you get that, uh, or even after every meal, is even better. When you floss and get that stuff out of your teeth and that bacteria doesn't stay there. You know why I say that before I read this? Because how many know if we floss or grab something, a toothpick or a floss, after every single meal, then we're never going to have an accumulation of stuff there. We don't have to labor at night to get it all out. It's the same way when you deal with things that God is dealing with you on. 
When you are living your walk and walking your walk and reading your Bible and praying and, and praying without ceasing, how many know the Holy Spirit can say something to you? And right there at that moment, you should deal with it. Right there at that moment. Don't wait till you come to church and go to the altar. Don't wait till that night when you get to your bed. Deal with it right then. Pull your dental floss out and deal with that sin in your life right then so it doesn't have any way to get built up bacteria or plaque or any of those things. And you keep your life clean. Amen. It's maintaining a clean life righteously, spiritually. So he says, put to death the sinful, earthly things. Look at this, lurking within you. When we don't floss, we got some nasty stuff ain't floating around. Come on, church. I'm being real. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. And he says, watch this, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Now watch this. This is what I was telling you earlier. You used to do these things. Somebody tell, someone looks at someone next to you and say, you used to do those things. <laughs> do it again. You used to do those things. Now look at them again. Say it again. You used to do those things. And then say, right? Like... Right? That you used to do it? Can I get an amen? We shouldn't be doing those things anymore. He says you used to do those things when your life was still part of this world. What did we talk about Sunday? I'm not conformed to this world anymore. I'm not part of this world anymore. I don't live the way I used to live. I don't talk the way I used to talk. I don't do the things I used to do. Now watch this. He says, but now is the time to get rid of anger. Remember I told you earlier, maybe it's not the drugs, it's not the alcohol, maybe it's not the fornication, those different things. Now it's, the, now it's littler things. It's littler things. And, 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 and a problem is, is, sometimes we can think, well, I'm, I'm all right because I'm not doing those big things anymore. And you don't want that attitude because God's not okay with that. He says, put those things away. And he says, watch this, anger, rage, malicious behavior. Slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. You flossed that out. You got that out of there. It's gone. But, oh, I'm trying to get, not to get ahead of myself. How many know you can't just floss once? You, you, you might have flossed that thing out of your life, but guess what? It might come back in again. And you've got to floss it out again. We, we talked about that, son. You can't take one shower in your life. You got to shower every day. You got to brush your teeth every day. You got to floss every day. You got to do all these hygienic things every day. How come we don't think we don't, need, we don't need to do those things in the spiritual realm? How much more do we need to do those things? So he says, don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and its wicked deeds. Now, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like Him. How many in here are becoming like Jesus? Is anybody in here becoming like Jesus? I hope you are. 
I didn't say you have became like Jesus, but we are becoming like Jesus. And, and our goal from the day we get saved is that every day I live, I should be getting closer and closer to Jesus, to being more and more like Jesus and less and less like this world because I am flossing the sins out of my life. I am keeping those little things that build up inside that I'm dealing with every day so that I can be more like Him. In this new life, verse 11... It doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. And He lives in all of us. Amen. Praise God. How many are thankful that He lives in all of us tonight? Amen. Let me begin to close here. So, so flossing is searching, examining myself. When I'm flossing my teeth, I'm, I'm getting the areas out I cannot see. We've all got areas in our lives. I want, you to, I want to finish this tonight with Psalms 139. Look at this. Now there's a lot of, I could have read the whole chapter, but I want to focus on two verses here. Psalms 139, 23, and 24. Tell someone next to you, I'm becoming more like Jesus. Every day. Now, this is, this is what I, that's not the right verse. Psalms 139, 23. Do we got it? No, I'll just read it. No? Okay. That didn't get sent. I probably didn't send it. Guess what? You have to actually look at your Bible or listen to me. Probably wouldn't be a bad thing to keep that Bible with you. Went last Sunday, we didn't think we were going to have the projectors. I don't know what y'all would have done. Been in trouble. Come on, don't look at me like that. Does anybody still bring their Bible to church? That's good. I'm so, I'm no, me and Laura were talking about that. I'm still old-fashioned. I like to hold my Bible in my hand. I like to put my tithe in the, in the, in the, in the basket. I'm just old-fashioned. As young as I am. Listen to this. Psalm 139, 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. This is, this is, this is you at the dental chair. Because that dentist is going to see if you've been flossing. Right? How I many know when you go to the dentist, first of all, you've got you to make the appointment. You've got to go. That dentist isn't going to call you and say, hey, get in here. You've got to go. You've got to sit in that waiting room. You've got to get in the chair. You've got to put that nasty liquid in your mouth. Open up. You've got to open your mouth. All that stuff is voluntary. Right? That's you saying, dentist, I give you permission to search my mouth. And look inside. How, how, how crazy would it be if we went to the dentist and we got in the chair and he said, open up. And he said, no, dentist, no, dentist I'm not doing that today. Doesn't that sound ludicrous? That's what we do with God when we don't ask him to search our hearts. We're sitting in the dental chair and saying, I want, you to try to, I want you to try to look in and see if I got any problems in my mouth, but I'm not opening my mouth. How many know God needs permission? Not because he can't do it, because he doesn't have the power to do it, but because he's a God of free will. And so I say, Dennis, I give you permission to look in my mouth, and as he looks, he's going to see what he sees. And how many know you don't like to hear you've got some cavities? Right? How many don't, we don't like to hear that? Or you need a root canal. Or you've got an infection. 
or you need crowns. Or we need to take about seven teeth out. Right? Come on. How many know that's not good news? But if we, so what we do is we don't go to the dentist because we don't want to hear the bad news. A lot of people don't go to the doctor because they don't want to hear the bad news. We can't be like that with God. We have to floss. We have to say, God, I give you permission to search me. And whatever you find, know my heart. Stay with me. Try me. And I love this part because he says, and know my anxieties. It means it's not going to be easy. Some of you might like to lay on that dentist chair. I hate it. And I don't even mind the fact that they're in my mouth. I don't like being down on a chair with someone leaning over me where I can't get up. That's the part I don't like. So I get anxious. How many like to be in control of things? I know there's a few real people in here. Know my anxieties. God knows our anxieties. He says, watch this, and see if there's any wicked way in me. God, do I have any cavities? God, where's that plaque buildup? God, where's that attitude? God, where's that anger? God, where's that unforgiveness? Lord, show me where it is. And then he says, and lead me in the way everlasting. That dentist will say, you need to get out. I'm going to fix your teeth, but you need to go and you need to start brushing your teeth every day and you need to floss every day and you need to brush your mouth, your tongue too. Get that bacteria off your tongue. He'll tell you what to do. And it's, it's, it's very just like God. You'll walk out of that dental, dental office, your teeth will be fixed, but guess what? They'll stay fixed by you. If you get a cavity again, if you have a root canal problem again, all those things are because you didn't take care of your teeth. You have to take care of your teeth just like you have to take care of your salvation. You have to get that stuff out of your life. You have to be in control of that. You have to be dominant on that. And you have to say, I'm not going to do these things. Now, think about this. You might say, well, I have flossed 500 times in my life, so I'm not doing it again. Right? Oh, man, I've flossed a lot. Guess what? You're going to have to floss till the day you die. Is anybody still here? You, you don't get to an age of retirement with your teeth. Unless you get them all taken out and get dentures. And that's a whole other problem. But how many know you're going to have to floss till the day you die? No matter how old you are. If you want to keep your teeth, you're going to have to floss. You're going to have to read the Bible. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to confess your sins. You're going to have to work on your salvation until the day Jesus calls you home. It's going to be nonstop and forever. You're never going to arrive. But how good your teeth look. When we go around and look at someone's teeth and we go, oh man, that's amazing. There was some work put in. There was some work put in to those teeth. So in the same way, we have to keep flossing. Because if, if we floss once, garbage is going to get in there next time we eat. Tomorrow when you go out into this world, garbage is going to try to get into your life. Let alone what you let in, it's going to try to get in without you letting it in. You're going to get garbage in. You've got to go home and clean yourself off from this world. All the influences, all the lies, all the deceptions. And so we know 1 John 1.8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. That's like telling the dentist, I've been flossing. I've been flossing every day, dentist. He says, no, you haven't. You have three cavities, and your gums look horrible. I can tell. So he says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, not the dentist. And the truth is not in us. But here's the good news, church. 
if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. He's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins, cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Would you bow your heads tonight? Father, as we are listening to this illustrated sermon, Father, about flossing, help us to see the correlation, how we have to take care of our walks, how we have to take care of our personal relationship with you, how we have to get the things of sin out of our life, how we have to examine ourselves every day. And Lord, we have to put the work in. We have to be disciplined to deal with those things that are not fun to deal with. God, if we get lazy, if we get tired, if we put it off, we're not hurting you, we're hurting ourselves. Because you want that relationship with us. You want that fellowship with us. You want that time spent with you. Tonight as we're praying and God's Spirit is here of love and and encouragement. He's he's encouraging tonight. Just come to me with your problems and I'll deal with them. I'll show you where where they're at and you'll, you'll deal with it and we'll move on. God wants to do great things in your life tonight. But maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you're watching online. You're listening to the podcast. And you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're not saved. You're not born again. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over. Do you know Him tonight? Are you born again tonight? Is He the Master and Savior of your life tonight? If you died tonight, would you go to heaven? I can't answer that for you. And and you might be here in this church. Listen closely. You might be here in this church. And you might look like everything's right. This is why I talked about dental floss sin. Because our mouths are very personal. And we can look good on the outside, but our teeth can be falling apart on the inside. And only we know it. Because we're not dealing with the things inside. Tonight, you might have been in this church 10 years, 5 years, 3 years, however long. You've never really given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you have at some point, but tonight you've got some cavities. You've got some decay in your life. You've got some areas that you haven't dealt with. And sin has crept in. And there's disease. But thank God there's disease that God can heal. His blood can wash it all away. His blood can cleanse you from those diseases and those infections if you'll just ask Him. How many tonight could say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me for salvation. I need you to pray for me for reconciliation. I need to come back to the Lord. I need to be saved for the first time. Or I've, I, I've, I haven't admitted it, but I, I've been kind of hiding it. But I've got some issues in my life and I need forgiveness. Just lift your hand. Put it up and put it right back down all over this place. Honest hearts. I see your hands. God bless you. Honest hearts. God is dealing with us. He's giving us the diagnosis. He's, he's got us on the chair and He's saying, listen, we're going to have to do some drilling here. We're going to have to pull some teeth out. Or you've got some cavities. I've got to do some digging. I need to do a root canal. And you've got to give Him permission. And it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy. But when it's all said and done, you're going to have clean teeth. You're going to have new teeth. You're going to have a new opportunity to have all those things fixed. And God can take you on. And then from there on, you can, you can do what Jesus said to that lady. He said, go and sin no more. Church, we've got to deal with sin 
like we deal with our teeth. It's got to be daily. Daily, 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 daily. We've got to deal with these things in our lives so that things don't build up. Because if we wait to deal with things later, it's just going to get worse. It's not going to get better. That's why we have altar calls every service. That's why we ask you, come and do business with God so that you don't have to get to a place where you've got major, major problems in your life. That altar can save you. That altar can redeem you. I want you to stand to your feet tonight, if you would, all over this place. As hands went up, if you, if you need to make that dedication to the Lord, you need to make that statement, you know what, I'm, I'm coming back, I'm coming home, or I'm giving my life to the Lord for the first time. I, I want you to just make that statement. I want you to pray with us. I want you to step out of your seat if you raised your hand. Come down to this altar, and we're going to pray for you. All over this place, as hands went up, just say, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm humbling myself tonight. I'm going to come and stand before this congregation, and I'm going to say, I need Jesus. I'm going to wait just a moment. Several hands went up. You raise your hand. Come on. Come on down. Humble yourself and say, I'm, I'm going down to that altar and I'm going to make a decision for Christ tonight. I'm, I'm going to accept his, his correction in my life. I'm going to accept His redemption in my life. Now, as we're going to pray the sinner's prayer, I, I need to do this now so that we can go offline and it can be on the podcast. We, we've, we say this all the time, church. Our heart is the lost. Our heart is the lost, and so we, we want to do a salvation prayer because we don't want someone to hear a message like this and not be able to be saved. So I want everybody in here to say this prayer with me. As we say this prayer with him, we're going to say this prayer all together. Those watching online, you might need to rededicate your life tonight. You, if you don't say it now, if you don't say this prayer now, it might not be a cavity. It might be pancreatic cancer. How many know pancreatic cancer is pretty much a death wish for somebody? If you don't deal with it now, you might get that prognosis from the doctor. I'm talking about spiritual pancreatic cancer. Where, where, where it's, it's, it, you can still go to heaven, but you lose everything. You need to deal with God tonight. Stop running from Him. Run to God. God is a God of mercy. God is a God of redemption. And He can restore everything to us. How many believe that tonight? If we don't believe that, what are we doing here? God can restore everything. And not only can He restore it, He can make it better than it was before. He can give us brand new teeth. Amen? Say this with me. Lord Jesus, I come before You tonight, and I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I fall short of Your glory. Jesus, I need forgiveness. I ask You to come into my life. Come into my heart and change me from the inside out. I know that the wages of my sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus, I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I believe you defeated death when you rose from the grave. And I believe in eternal life through Jesus Christ. You are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. Make me a new creation tonight. All the old things are gone. And behold, all things have become new. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that here, if you said that online, we want to congratulate you and praise God for that decision that you've made tonight. Hallelujah. The Bible says the angels are rejoicing in heaven right now.
over one sinner that comes home. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. As we're beginning to go offline tonight, God bless you. We'll see you Sunday. We're going to open up this altar.